skeptical about custom beauty, honestly, y'all, I totally get it. My feed is flooded with customize this and personalize that, all promising, you know, to fix all of our beauty, hair, and skin problems. Truthfully, I was so skeptical when I saw this brand, but I'm a total believer now. When pros says custom, they actually mean it. Their products are no gimmicks, and your formula couldn't exist without you. Each and every bottle of Pro's custom hair care and skin care is made to order and personalized with unique blends of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. And they get personal. Pro's covers everything from your concerns to diet, exercise, and stress levels to uncover what's impacting your hair and skin health. Did you know, for example, that Minneapolis has like weirdly hard water, which apparently was affecting my hair. So like some of the ingredients that they put into my hair care was to like deal with the fact that we have hard water. Wow. I love that. They also asked me things like, you know, because I have had a baby recently, like, am I still breastfeeding? What are my hair goals? And I also really appreciated they asked like, how much effort do you want to put into your hair? Yeah, <laughs> because like I'm at the point, you know, I used to let, yeah, I used to do those, you know, put effort into my appearance, but now it's like, I just want to be able to walk out of the door without feeling self-conscious. Um, I, this is truly such a genuine endorsement. So I've really enjoyed using these products. But don't just take our word for it. In a third-party, double-blind, dermatologist-supervised control clinical trial, this is like the gold standard of all of these trials, Pros proved that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. Try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering our listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash justbreakup. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash justbreakup for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas, pros.com slash justbreakup. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. And this week, we're going to answer a letter from somebody whose partner says that he isn't cut out for partnership. Before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that Sierra and I are not licensed mental health practitioners. Right. And Sierra is going on day four of losing her voice. (laughs) So if you can imagine how I sounded the first three days. um, And uh, yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. But we're not professionals. We're not trained in any of this. So please take our advice as you see fit. We're only here to offer our humble musings, our humble and scratchy Musings to hopefully shed some understanding (laughs) and maybe some laughs about the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love. So, yeah, I said I lost my voice earlier this week um, in a way that I've never lost it before. Like it was MIA for a couple (laughs) days and then it came back a little. um, And so I've been trying to rest it as much as possible uh, because I literally use my voice for a living you know, yeah, right. to record and it's I have, your work. <laughs> I'm now teaching my online poetry class. Um, so uh, with that in mind, we've decided for the first time in five and a half years to 
take some sick days this week. We're releasing a new episode today, obviously. But Wednesday and Friday, we're going to release Patreon episodes. Um, so if you're not a Patreon subscriber, this is a great chance to get an idea of what those episodes sound like because, honestly, they're pretty similar. We check in and we answer a letter most times and we shoot the shit, but we tend to be a little bit more unhinged <laughs> and, and or personal, you know, <laughs> Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because we we think we can hide behind that paywall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like no one will see us back here. It's yeah. fine. We can be really weird. Um, no, but they're yeah. good episodes. So I'm excited for us, for folks who aren't patrons to experience oh, yeah. them. Sometimes there's gems on the Patreon that I'm like, damn, we should have saved that. I know. You know, we should. I, know. I wish this letter was submitted for the primary feed or whatever. For sure. Um, but yeah, I am sorry for the quality of my voice. I will try to keep it. I don't know, as good as possible. Mm-hmm. And um, thank you for letting us take a sick day this week and um, take care of our bodies so that we can keep doing what we love, which is, I don't know, this episode, this podcast. Um, for honestly on day two, I was like, is this going to be forever? I've never, I've never <laughs> lost a voice more than one day in a row. And we're, we're going on day four. So this yeah, is a new experience for me. There's something out there. Cause lots of people I know are losing their voices. So I don't what? know. Yeah. So I had like a little daycare cootie cold and it was, it was like gone. I, I, I had had the bad sniffles and sore throat and then like four or five days later, I taught my first class and it's like an online class and I talked for two hours and the next day, man, it was gone. Just it, was, gone. it was long gone. I had never met her. Didn't know her name. <laughs> like a voice? What's that? It's like you were Ariel yeah. from the Little Mermaid. Exactly. You had to just use was, body language. And, you know, I am re-listening. I'm listening to the book on tape version of Little Mermaid with my child. <laughs> Um, it's like, um, and then I, the child part came in and I was yep, like, oh, that yep, makes yep, much yep, more yep. sense. <laughs> and you know what? Do you remember what Ursula's like human name was? No. It's Vanessa. Vanessa. <laughs> and I was like, they did that on person, purpose because like Vanessa in the nineties, like every mean, rich high school character was named Vanessa, Vanessa. for sure. You know absolutely. I mean? Yep. No, I think Vanessa is a beautiful name. I dated a Vanessa. I think Vanessa mm. is a beautiful name, but, uh, in the nineties, particularly they were like, this is a bitch name and this is what Ursa's name is going to be. <laughs> and I was like, man, that is, we just, we just, all those Disney movies hated women. So anyway, um, it's really true. I'm very pro Vanessa. If this is not clear. <laughs> um, I love that you're doing that with temple. Cause when I was a kid, we had like an actual cassette tape version of yeah. Peter Pan and yep. I loved it as a kid. And then when I was an adult, I rewatched Peter Pan and was oh, like, Oh offensive. no, <laughs> this, this is, is not a movie that should be made or watched by anyone. Yeah. Uh, this was, this is not a good thing. Yeah. yeah. And to be honest, I'm, I am really hesitant with the Disney stories. It's just cause they're on Spotify and mm. we've watched them, you know what I mean? So, uh, or like we haven't watched all the Disney movies, but she learned what a mermaid was. So we watched like the intro with the <laughs> sure. little mermaid. She loves fish, you know? So uh-huh. we watched the first half of it and, and you know what she, she took away from it most. She was like mermaid help teacher. She thinks oh. that Prince Eric is a teacher. I don't know. Huh. And mermaid, the mermaid saved him. So I'm like, yeah, okay, that's fine. Other than like the falling in love on first sight, yeah, without sort of thing. talking to each other. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> <It's fine>. <laughs> uh, 
So we actually do have a really quick check-in topic. Um, I'll read it so that, and then Sam will read the letters, so I don't have to talk more than I have to. <laughs> yes. Um, we've been getting like an influx of check-in topics from our patrons, which I love. Um, and this check-in topic seals when someone is really excited about you and says, "I'm really excited to see you," or "I miss you," or "That was such a great night." Obviously, we need to be honest and authentic and not lead people on. But I'm always a bit iffy about what the best response is to that. It's not that I'm not excited to see them or that was a terrible night, but what's best, but what is the best way to respond to someone's big feelings and excitement? And it's someone that you're still hoping to continue to see, but you don't match their energy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What do you think, Sam? Yeah, I, uh, I think this is an interesting question for me because it feels really outside of my own experience. <laughs> where yeah, it's like, yeah. uh, you're like, you know, I, no one's interested in me. No one's excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Basically that. Um, and I think, I think part of that is because like I give off such a, like, like a reserved energy that like, I don't think that like lots of people like give that energy back to me you know like I don't like yeah literally except for me I'm the, <laughs> except I'm for the you. only golden <laughs> retriever energy in your life <laughs> oh absolutely um so yeah it was an interesting question because it's like you know if someone is like oh I'm excited to see you for me if I was like if someone was like I'm excited to see you and I was like I'm not I'd be like this is not like the energy differential for me would be like oh then then we shouldn't be dating right like if you're this excited to see me and I'm like Huh? then like we're just in like different places like that that wouldn't work for yeah. me like if that but what if and, you're still like getting to know them yeah I mean if, if we're getting to know each other then I would probably also be excited to see the person you know what I mean mm -hmm. where it's like mm -hmm. someone's like oh I'm excited to see you I'd be like yeah me too because like I'm interested I'm excited to get to know you more not necessarily like I want to see you specifically because I like I'm deeply in love with you. So like, it wouldn't be hard for yeah. me to be like, Oh yeah, I'm excited to see you too because I want to get to know you more as opposed to like, because I love the person that you are at your core. <laughs> you know, I think yeah, if someone I'm was like, after one date was like, I miss you. I would be like, that's like, no, that's done. Like we're obviously in different places and, and I don't know, I can't guarantee that I'm going to get there. And also like, I'm a little creeped out that you miss me after, after like two yeah. dates or whatever. Like that yeah. would be, that would be a, a no go for me. Like if it's early in the relationship, I wonder if it's sort of like, um, a difference in like language style, mm -hmm. uh, vulnerability, emotional approaching styles. Like I'm thinking about your nice difference between like saying, I love you. You know, I'm like a, an I love you person in the first couple months and you're like, not, <laughs> <laughs> it's really true. <laughs> and is it the same if you're like, I'm excited to see you and somebody's like, I could go either way. Like, is that the same thing? Um, is it like that you're slower to develop those feelings or you just, that's not your style. I have to say, like, I do relate to this letter writer because I was telling Sam earlier before we press record that like, truthfully, I remember getting those text messages when I was younger and because of like my people pleasing codependent ways, um, my, my, I process things or like I look to the external to see how I truly feel instead of internally. 
And I would, I, I think this is why I've gotten in relationships I didn't want to get in because I was like trying to match their energy instead of being like, am I actually excited to see them? Am I actually moving at a pace that feels true to my feelings? Um, recognizing that this check-in topic, the letter writer makes it clear that it's not that they didn't have a good time and it's not that they don't like this person. It's just, they don't match the energy. I think that's a perfect way of saying it. Um, so sort of taking what you said, like, I do think it's an opportunity to do like a gut check of like, am I trying to be nice? Am I trying to people please? Am I trying to match their energy? Because that's the quote, nice thing to do. Um, or, you know, not that you're leading them on, but are you, are you keeping the door open because you're hoping they're, be they're going to become more interesting to you? And I don't know. I don't know if that's. Yeah. I mean, I think that that realistic, you know, I think that that gut check is important, right? Cause it's like, um, I think it is important to be like, okay, well, am I not excited to see this person or like, am I feeling this way because I like actually don't really like spending time with this person or is it because I'm like not there yet? Um, cause I think that those or are two maybe different they're, things. They're like a little bit more, um, they're the type of person who, when somebody expresses emotions, they kind of pull back. You know what I mean? You know, those For people? Sure. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I also think that there's like, you know, there's like the initial stage of dating where it's like, you've been on like maybe two, maybe three dates where somebody's like, I had a great time and you didn't like, I think that that's kind of like a gut check to be like, eh, I don't know if this is for me. like, if I was on date three yeah. and they were like, I had a great time. And I was like, I'm feeling meh about this. Like, I don't know that I would pursue that person yeah, further. Like, I think helpful. that I would break things off, but if it was like date, like five or six and they were like, I had a great time and like, I didn't, but I had had like good times with them before. Like I would use that as yeah. an opportunity to say something and be like, actually, I, I wasn't feeling like we were clicking tonight. And like, I, w and if I wanted to continue dating them, I'd be like, so I would love to like talk about like what, what's going on or like, let's try this again because like, I don't feel like we really connected well. Right. To like, be honest about it. But I don't think that, I don't think that we need to be 100% honest with every person that we yeah, I, have I like totally two agree. dates with. You know what I mean? Like but we I don't also have think to like five dates. I mean, maybe it was for, for me, it'd be like, I'm not sure I would put that emotional labor on that person. And I just feel like, okay, I'm going to see them again one more time and see how that feels. And if it doesn't feel good again, then I know I, it, it's me, you know, you know, like it truly is, this person's not for me. Um, but I think we have different style. Like I, I'm much more conflict averse, you know? Uh -huh. So I'd rather take that emotional labor on and be like, okay, we're not compatible. And by that, I mean, date them for the like next year. And you know, like I, <laughs> yeah, I didn't, like I didn't the, do any of this when I was way. actually dating people. <laughs> for sure. Um, for sure. I, I do think what Sam said too is, is ultimately what I would end on is that you don't have to be a hundred percent honest to be authentic, especially in those early dating times. So if they say, you know, I'm so excited to see you or I'm super excited for our date and you're like, I could take it or leave it, but I'm, I'm curious. I have this curiosity. I have this openness in me. Um, go, also like say check. what's true, right? Like I'm excited to get to know you better or like I'm really looking forward to trying that restaurant or whatever it is, right? Like you don't have to lie, but you also don't have to tell them like, oh, actually I'm not excited to see you. <laughs> like I'm just kind of mad about it, you know? Yeah. I think you could say like, 
uh, that's so sweet of you. See you soon, exclamation point. Or you know what I mean? Like there's a way to match that energy in terms of being, um, you know, kind, not like fake, nice, but kind, um, but also authentic to yourself. You know, I, I love the idea of like, I can't wait to try that restaurant or, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, work's been crazy. So I'm excited to have a night off or whatever. You For know? sure. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Thank you to our lovely patron for that adorable check-in topic. Okay. Let's get into today's letter. All right. Today's letter comes from Falling Apart Together. She, her, who's writing from The Depths of the Couch. Dear Sam and Sierra, I am in the middle of a very drawn out breakup, or at least I'm assuming that that's where this all is leading. I have been with my partner Finn, he, him, for about two and a half years monogamously, and with the intention of having kids together, we've been living together for a year. It's been hard. Finn is wonderful, thoughtful, creative, intelligent, kind, but not communicative. He's open to talking through stuff with me when we're having issues and I bring it up, but his default when struggling in his own life is to withdraw and not share with me. And he is extremely independent, like deeply uncomfortable being cared for, does not want my support or help solving any problems independent. I thought slash hoped that this would ebb a bit as our relationship deepened and he would develop some comfort with the interdependence I view as fundamental to partnership, but no dice. Anyway, earlier this month, the time came to discuss whether or not to renew our lease, and he told me that he's deeply unhappy and doesn't feel like our relationship is working. I wasn't surprised. We've been trying to figure this out for a while, but it still hurt. We extended our lease a bit so that we could have time to process together and figure things out, and we're going to try couples therapy. But to be honest, he's pretty checked out from our relationship and is often critical of me. This upsets him deeply, but... I just don't think that there's any saving us. And honestly, I'm okay. I'm devastated and angry and deeply sad. This is the person I thought I would marry. I wanted to have kids with him, but I have a calm certainty that I will be happy again. However, I don't have any such certainty for him, and that feels incredibly painful. He's 34 and said to me during one of our long emotional talks that he doesn't know if he's meant for partnership, that he has a history of picking the wrong people. He's broken up with everyone he's ever dated and, in case you couldn't tell, can be avoidant when in distress. So my question, how do I manage my own pain over the breakup while also feeling so much sorrow for him? Am I just projecting my own fears about dating in my 30s on him? I just turned 30 and have the latent fears about finding someone and having a baby that society wants you to have, even though intellectually I know that 30 is still young. How do I square the fact that someone I love so much and think is amazing is both A, pulling away from me enough that I expect that we'll break up, and B, doesn't seem to know if he'll be happy in a partnership ever? What do I do with this pain and love and heartbreak? How do you separate from someone you love and live with and who still loves you, even if he's probably not in love anymore? Thank you for reading my question. I really appreciate it. Oh, my darling. Thank you so much for writing, for listening, for trusting us with this letter and for putting up with my voice. I'm sorry (laughs) that yours was a lucky letter that was chosen this week. Um, Listen, this is so hard. You are in a very painful, if, if it's not painful, it's very delicate. It's tender. Like this is like lots of nerves are exposed in this situation. And, um, I've, I've always thought secretly that there's like, 
there's no breakup that's harder than a breakup with somebody that you love, you know, that you care about and that you had a different vision for, you know. Um, I think that it's painful to think about our partners being alone without us and maybe feeling like if we're not, you know, maybe we don't feel like we're the cause of that suffering, but we're definitely not the balm. You know, we're not making it any better. And to walk away from someone like that um, is really challenging on top of the fact that you're, this relationship is potentially going through, you know, an end of life transition. Um, I think we're going to offer you some comfort around the normalcy of some of this and hopefully some perspective shifts on your partner's future and your future and how they can be abundant, you know, with or without partnerships with or without children, you know, um, just small perspective shifts to, to make the edges of this transition a little less sharp. But first we're going to take a quick break. All right, y'all know that Sam and I record every single episode of Just Break Up virtually. So I literally see this beautiful person on Zoom like multiple times a week. And every time Sam pops up into Zoom, I comment on their outfit. And I swear, like 99% of the time, I'm like, oh my God, that outfit is so cute. Where did you get it? Sam says quince. You too can upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. That's right. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middle person and passes that saving on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Y'all have heard me talk about my leather bag that I use as both a laptop bag and a diaper bag. And I love it because (laughs) (laughs) honestly, it looks really cute in every single circumstance that I use it. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E.com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. All right, head and heart workers, you know, I'm all about tackling our money shame and becoming fiscally empowered, regardless of how much money we make or how much debt we have. I think it's such a crucial step in our own self-acceptance and empowerment. That's why I love that today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. With Rocket Money, you can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, you can just cancel it with a tap. You never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. 
All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled unwanted subscriptions. And listen, we always talk to you about like conflict styles and open and honest communications, but honestly, save your energy and get Rocket Money to cancel those subscriptions for you. <laughs> Stop wasting yeah. you money. You don't need to practice that. Yeah. We don't need to do head and heart work with like customer service representatives. You know what I mean? Like just like... Use the middle person. <laughs> Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. That's rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. All right, everyone. Welcome back. Um, again, thank you so much for writing to us. You know, I think... I think it's, I think what I appreciate about your letter is the way that you really clearly articulate um, all of the different conflicting slash coexisting emotions that can come up at the end of a relationship, right? You know, I think, I think the narrative that we get in how breakups happen is that one person is the mean person who does the breaking up and the other person is the sad person who eats their ice cream and binge watches Netflix and, uh, really just like is sad that the person doesn't want them. And our relationships are way too complicated to be encapsulated in one particular narrative around it. And, you know, the story that you're telling about the slow sort of dissolution of this relationship is one that I think is really familiar to me as somebody who has friends in their thirties who are dating people. Right. I think that, I think that, you know, at this iteration of relationships, like it becomes less like that's not actually true, but I think in a lot of different relationships, right. That there's like a, that this kind of like dissolving feature of it and the complicated emotions that come with that of, of this kind of recognition of like, Oh, neither of us is like a terrible person. We're just like not compatible with each other. Right. Like we're just like this relationship, no matter how much effort we're putting into it just isn't going to work because we're just not the right people for each other. And, and that is like really difficult. Cause I know that you still love him. And honestly, he probably still really loves you. It's just that like the, the ways that you two want to be in relationship with each other are not working. And, and that's a devastating realization to have, right? Love doesn't conquer all, all the time, right? Like we can love someone deeply and also be in a relationship with them. That's not working for us and like need to, to figure out a way to extricate ourselves or like you are just kind of like watching the foundation just kind of crumble and be like, Oh God, I know what's about to happen. And also like, it's probably the right thing, but it's not going to be any less painful. Um, I want to like, I want to offer a couple things about your sort of trying to hold your partner in what seems like their inability to have relationships or romantic relationships that work for them by offering a couple of things, which is that one not all of us need to be in romantic relationships to be happy, content, and live good lives, right? He might not be somebody who can or wants to be in romantic relationship with people, right? And that's, that is okay. 
I think we, ha again, we have this idea that like we need to be complete by a romantic relationship. And if we're not, then like somehow our lives are sad or doomed or whatever it's going to, whatever it might be. And, you know, I don't know, I don't know your partner in this moment, but, but it's also very possible that he could move through his life and never have a long-term romantic relationship and also be content and happy and live a good life and do fun things with people. Right. Like he, he's not doomed to some sort of sad existence because of this breakup. He is obviously going to feel a lot of feelings about it for sure, as all of us do when breakups happen. But that doesn't mean he's doomed to sadness for forever. Like I want you to take that like burden off of yourself. And two, conversely, he might find someone who he's actually really capable of being in relationship after you. Right. Like you two obviously love each other and, you know, I think that that's really wonderful, but that doesn't mean that you two were compatible. That doesn't mean that you were the one who was going to be able to prove to him that he could be in relationship with someone. And if it wasn't you, it won't be anyone else, right? He could meet someone in a, in six months who he is so deeply compatible with that the relationship just works in ways that, that yours doesn't. And I don't mean that in like a, a mean way or to be like, get over yourself. But I mean that again, in a way that I want you to be able to release this burden that you're placing on yourself, that somehow you being part of this breakup is going to doom him to some sort of sad life where he never has anyone else in his life. We don't know that right. you could never know that because you can't see the future and you don't know who is going to come into or out of his life in the future. Yeah. To be honest, I, I totally agree. And I wanted to share that, you know, probably my second biggest great love of my life. I had the same fear and I had the same conversation the same conversation with him in which he said, like, I don't know if I'm going to find a partner. I don't know if that's for me, you know, like if we don't work out mm -hmm. and um, it wasn't a manipulative thing. It was just a genuine like in the moment of talking yeah. about the disillusion, you know, the separation of our relationship. And I felt sad about that. It's painful. It's for sure. It, it evokes, it turns on all the caretaking light switches in my body. Do you know what I mean? All of a sudden <laughs> yeah. I'm electric with the desire to have that be untrue. But Sam's so right that like, first of all, you know, I'm responding to that as though he, my, my ex told me that he was going to hate his life. He didn't. He said, I don't know if I, you know, I don't know if I have more relationships in my future. You know, I don't know if this is for me. Right. And lots of things aren't for us and we can still live a month, you know, to undo our conditioning about the, you know, the, the curse of singlehood and the, uh, the necessity of partnership for happiness to undo that. We have to go against the grain of our own brain. Right. And I should have thought like, if he wants partnership, I want that for him. And if he doesn't get partnership, I can grieve that alongside him and also know that his life has so many different opportunities and off ramps for joy, pleasure, excitement, um, connection, purpose outside of what we understand as, you know, the romantic love or whatever. For sure. 
For sure. And um, another thing I want to say about that situation is that I think that was one of the foundational ideas that kept me hanging around in that person's life Mm. long after I knew that relationship didn't have a future. And I want to share that because you use words like certainty, right? In your letter, you, you, it's a certainty that you can be happy again and that you weren't surprised when he first brought up separating and that like, you know, you're going to break up. You, you, you say these things in the letter and yet you're, you've extended your lease and you're going to do couples therapy. And I'm all for that. I, I think that relationships go through seasons and they ebb and flow. And this might be what shifts the season of this relationship to, into one that's more sustainable And also, I know I stayed in that man's life, my ex's life, far longer than I should have because I felt like my presence was making up for the fact that I couldn't be a full-time romantic partner for them. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want him to be lonely. I didn't want to hurt him as hard as I thought my absence would hurt him. Yep. But you know what? That man is happily married now. And that man's life opened up. After I left, because it was like the space I was taking up in his life was probably preventing him from finding the right person, like like Sam said. Sure. And I'm not saying, you know, again, not to put romantic love on a pedestal. He may never never find someone else. You know, maybe my ex is unhappily married. I don't know. (laughs) True. But I think that it's important to shift the catastrophizing that your brain might be doing in response to your partner ruminating about his unknown future, untellable future, right? For sure. Instead say, we have no idea. We have no idea what our life has in store for us. We have nothing is promised to us. And it, and you're not dooming this person to a lifetime of loneliness by recognizing what you already know isn't working. Absolutely. Absolutely. You even say in your letter, I don't think there's any saving this. And I, and I think it's important to sort of reflect that back to you because I want you to be thinking not just about the idea that your partner gets to decide the parameters of your relationship, what the breakup looks like. And, you know, if you're in a space with somebody who's like constantly critical of you and you don't feel like it's worth it, that it's savable, then I want you to think about what does it look like to extricate yourself from the situation. And I don't want you to think about the idea that he's going to be sad after the breakup to keep you from doing what it sounds like you know you need to do, which is to find a way out of a relationship that's just not working for either of you. You know, if you don't think that it's savable, then why are you putting effort into saving it is my question for you. And why are you not putting effort into getting yourself into a different situation in a way that is supportive and kind and all of the things that we ask of each other in these really difficult moments. And I, and I, I love the idea of continuing to go to couples therapy because Couples therapy can also help us break up sometimes, which mm, is also really helpful. That. So <laughs> I, think, I think you can go to a couples therapist and say, we want help figuring out how to extricate ourselves from each other's lives in a kind and 
and understanding way, right? Like help us navigate what it looks like to find new apartments or to make agreements about our contact, right? Like it can be super helpful to have a therapist there to help with that process too. You don't have to just go to therapy to fix the relationship. I'm even thinking about like what, you know, you could go to, you could go to a therapist and really say like, this relationship is on its last leg. It's barely a leg. You know, it's like we've jumped into the air and we know we're going to fall. And we both agreed to do this because we we would like to see what it revealed to us. But we're not necessarily looking to fix it. We're looking to learn more about ourselves in partnership together. Not necessarily that that partnership is going to last. Like, I think that's actually pretty an interesting opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. And and I really love that you feel hopeful about what your future is outside of this relationship. And, yeah. I, and I think Sierra and I want you to enact that hopefulness for yourself, right? I think if you're yeah. feeling more hopeful about the prospect of finding love elsewhere than you are about saving this relationship, then it's probably important to listen to that intuition around what yes. what's available to you and do what you need to do to start working towards what it sounds like your goal is, which is to find a relationship that's happy and meaningful and that where you're aligned in what your goals are of what that relationship looks like. Yeah, definitely. I totally agree. Okay, my darling. Um, oh, you know, one more thing I want to just say, like you were lamenting that this was supposed to be the person you got married to, you had babies with, this was supposed to be it, right? And this is by no means a meant a way of, of like devaluing this. Um, but in that instance, I would almost find it comforting to know that those intentions are common. Those are the intentions of, I would say, a, a lot of relationships. You know, you don't go into a relationship not wanting it to work. And so I want to like honor that and also put that in the right context for the rest of the world. You know what I mean? Like I, it's worth honoring. Yeah. This, this isn't what we saw for us. This isn't what we meant for us. This isn't what we had hoped for us. This isn't to say that it's not painful. This isn't to say that, that this pain isn't important. It is, it's telling you what your hopes were and what your, where your values stand. Um, but you know, you can, you can right size that pain. You can, you can put it in context and say, this, these were our hopes. We aren't the right people for each other. I am not for everyone. Everyone is not for me. Um, and, and grieve it with it, with the appropriate, um, understanding that this is like a common approach and hopefully you'll, you'll do that in your next relationship too. You know, we know that this isn't easy. You know, it's, it's one thing to sit here with all of our ideas and thoughts and our theories about relationships and how they work. And it's another thing to be sort of sitting on a foundation that is crumbling around you and wondering if it, if you need to fix it or if you need to do the painful thing of just letting it go. Um, so we're here with you. Grieve what you need to grieve. Grieve the potential of what this relationship could have been, the future that you envisioned for yourself. Grieve the fact that you still love this person deeply, even as things are crumbling around you. Um, and know that you've got two people in your camp with you, uh, just wanting you to find the things that are going to fulfill you and support you and to help relieve you of the idea that somehow your partner and his future is yours to fix. Absolutely. 
We love you so much and we hope this helps. Thank you so much for writing. We love you. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like more content from us, or if you would like to get access to our monthly office hours, you can support us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon for as little as $5 a month, you'll get an additional bonus weekly episode. You'll hear a couple examples of those weekly episodes this coming week, uh, Monday, or sorry, on Wednesday and Friday, just a reminder, uh, that's patreon.com slash justbreakuppod. You can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes, and most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at justbreakuppod.com, which is also where you can find our merchandise. Please remember to like, follow, subscribe, give us a five-star rating and review. This literally keeps our mics on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Just Break Up is a production of Duvid Media Original Music, recording and editing, producing all magical things by our good friend Spencer Worth Davis. Make sure to check out his music and podcasts. And remember, it might feel like it is unkind to leave someone's life, but sometimes the kinder thing to do is to recognize what space you're taking up, what energy you are um, requiring with your presence. Not that you are a burden, but sometimes we stay around longer because we think our presence is going to fix the hurt of us not staying in the way that they want us to stay. It's okay to leave, and sometimes it's the kind thing to do. And if all else fails, just break up.